Skyper the pop? Skyper the pop? Skyper the pop? How do you say this? Friday, September 27th, 2019, and this is the Dutch News Podcast, your weekly chance to catch up with what's been going on here in the Netherlands. I'm Molly Quell, Dutch News contributing editor and extremely tired person. With me today is my fellow contributing editor and multilingual book author, Gordon Derrick, as well as Paul Peters, our master student and Black Rod obsessor. Guys, this this have been... This fucking week, there's man. An, it's been an amazing week. I can't deal with this week. No, there is just <laughs> too much news. There's too much, so much happened. news. There's too much news. We've actually had to just cancel the discussion. Yeah, we just yeah. canceled no, the discussion on the podcast. No we're just we're doing too much news. news. Yeah. And as we were uh, going to the studio, yes. there was even there's more, more news. There's more news. Yes. Because there's a smoking ban. Well, we won't cover it as a news story, but I just we're mentioning to it right you, now. I'm, we're mentioning yeah. it right now. But I wanted to ask you, what are your first thoughts on I mean, the smoking ban? I am the one on this podcast who advocated that we take smokers out back and shoot them. So <laughs> I feel like yes. everyone knows what I'm feeling. <laughs> shout out to on Fifth clear. Avenue and nobody will... And uh, nobody will know. Uh, yeah. Shout out to my, to my lovely friend, Deb, who got very upset the last time that I said this, who listens to the podcast because she is a smoker. And I personally will grandfather her in uh, when I am dictator right. to not take her out. But everybody else. Everyone else gets taken Everyone out. Everyone else gets I'm also very happy with the smoking yeah. ban because I, I never go to Horeca. It's in it's a smoking ban in Horeca. Yes. Yeah. Horeca so, smoking ban. So, so in, restaurants and cafes. Yes, yeah. and hotels. Uh, because that's what the, that's the, the abbreviation yeah. uh, starts, uh, stands for. Uh, but uh, you asked earlier if it's if it also includes terraces. Yeah. But I don't think it includes terraces. No, so I think it's I'm very sad. It's indoors, that. I think. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. only indoors. But yeah. still, it means you can go inside and hide so, from the smokers. So our thoughts on the smoking ban is that there should be an even more broader, strict smoking more strict ban. Well, smoking that's ban. your thoughts on it. Yeah. Oh. Is that not I your do, thought? No, I do tend to agree. But although, okay. though, nah, it's is this the one thing more, on the podcast we can agree on? We all think there should be an indoor smoking ban. No, it's obviously more damaging if you're indoors. So that's yeah. why you, you're more likely to get uh, affected by passive smoking yeah. outdoors. I think they bad. should also ban it outside too. Yeah. Me too. But, so. it's, it's, it's positive, yeah, but, but that's just my smoke as well. That's fine. Yeah. Uh, so uh, who's well, black rod? I, I also think they should ban smoking everywhere, just to, just so that the smokers don't get don't catch your eyes, so you take them out of the back and shoot them. I think for that's their own also protection, true. that's the, for their own should, protection. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they can smoke in the privacy of their own homes as long as they don't have kids. Then I think it's fine. I fully agree with that. So who's black rod, Paul? And why are you obsessed? Uh, oh God, black rod is the. You got to do a you got a two sentence version here. We'll be here do for two 40... sentence version. We'll be here for mm. forty five okay. minutes. Otherwise, well, it's the person who. Uh, sort of summons the House of Commons during the uh, state open opening of Parliament yes. To, yes. to come to the House of Lords where the Queen is giving her speech. The yes. Queen is not allowed to enter the House of Commons because of history. And uh, this black rod, he... Uh, or so she. Well, it's she, a woman at the moment. It's a woman at the moment. Yeah. I, I only found that out last week. <laughs> um, when she enters the House of Commons, they slam the door in her face, basically as a symbol of the sovereignty of Parliament, something that certain Prime Ministers needed to be reminded of as well. Mm -hmm. uh, and she slams with her black rod on the door three times and then they open it they open it okay um but uh this person has all sorts of official um duties and uh, uh all sorts of tasks but one of them includes uh that she has to take the prime minister into custody mm. in the event of he was impeached him, yes yeah, or in the event of him being impeached. Yes. Um, but if you looked at her <laughs> and you imagine <laughs> the scenario that she has to 
take Boris Johnson into custody. Oh, I think she would just beat him with the cane. <laughs> yeah, totally. Of course, that's what the yeah. where the is, is for. Of course. Yeah, yes. of course. Yeah. But yeah. just uh, just the, the the me imagining this scenario. Yeah, but we mainly remember the the Black Road for uh, the, the when um, uh, Parliament uh, was prorogued. Yes, yes. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, uh, the stony expression that she had in her face while uh, MPs were jeering at John Burko was yeah. just yeah. priceless. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She basically uh, stood there. You know, she, she was nothing she could do, she, but she was part of the ceremony. Yeah, and, she just uh, stood there. She did her job well. <laughs> yeah, she did it well. I think she could take him. Yes. And Gordon, you've got some news this week. Some um, big news. That's yeah, not some terrible news. world news. <laughs> yeah. Just nice and some pleasant kind of and lovely news. Upbeat news. No, yeah. The, uh, yeah, my, my, my uh, upbeat news is that uh, the Dutch translation of my book has been published this week. Congratulations. So it is now, uh, thank you. That's it's exciting. now available in Dutch bookshops uh, for anyone who has Dutch friends, relatives, colleagues yeah. um, that uh, might want to, may wish to read it. Or if you don't read <laughs> Dutch, just buy the book because yeah. we want you to buy the book. And yeah. support Gordon. Yeah, so That'd that's nice. a good thing. Yeah. Yes. What is the title of the book? Both um, in English and in Dutch. Yeah, yes. the English title is All the Time We Thought We Had and the Dutch title is The Tijd Die We Nog Dachten De Hebben. Yeah, it's a, that's a good translation. It's, it's it's a, this is one of the... Usually when they translate a title from English to Dutch, they make something completely different. Yeah, yeah they just make something up, don't they? This no. is just... Uh, it's quite a faithful translation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. And Excellent. they had a couple of cracks at it, and I think this is a very good... I should give a shout out to Saskia Peters in Arnhem, who translated, uh, did a very good job of the translation. Shout um, out to Saskia. So well done to her. Yeah. She's no relative um, Thank you. To no, no, that's too do bad. You, do you have a sister called Saskia? Of no. course you do. Yeah, no. I, have, I have thousands of sisters. I know, you have thousands think, of sisters. I don't think there's one called Sarah. I thought there was a sister in your family somewhere. No, it's Sarah. No. Oh, Sarah. Sarah. Ah, okay. And uh, where is the book available, Gordon? Well, you can buy it on bold.com or in uh, bookshops, okay. uh, I believe. Excellent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Paul. Yeah? What's our op have? There's so don't, much. No, you st- you still have to explain why you are very tired. Because there's been so much news. This oh, that's week. the reason why you're tired. There's yeah, been we're all so very much tired. happening. Yeah. And Alex, you started exercising as well. Yes. I well, I started a couple of weeks ago going oh, right, back yeah. into running. Yeah, which mm. I hadn't been doing for a while. But no, I'm just really tired because it's just been a crazy, insane week. Yeah. Even beyond even by the, the standards US, of insane weeks. Even by the <laughs> beyond the current even, standards even of news. Beyond the US and the UK and the insane amount of news that happened in the Netherlands. There's also been just like a lot of other things going on. There was a number of tax cases that came down from the European Court of Justice this week that I was covering and like there's just been a lot, man. And mm. I'm like real tired. And I'm going this evening to go to my favorite like brown cafe and have a Yenever and a boiled egg because I'm apparently an eighty year old Dutch man. <laughs> boiled egg. Yeah, they serve Is boiled eggs thing? on Is Fridays eggs? in like a pub. They it's it's like an old-fashioned pub thing. I had no idea. Okay. So I'm just looking forward to that moment. This is a tradition I knew nothing about. Yeah. No. Yeah. No, the boiled egg tradition. <laughs> I think it's a, it's yeah. just a your it's just brown cafe pub. specific uh, tradition. They swear because I was also like, oh, this is kind of weird, and they were like, no, no, this is how you used to do it back in the yeah, day. Yeah, that, that's just how people talk to foreigners, you know. Uh, I suppose that's possible. <laughs> this cafe apparently has been doing it since 1652 ish uh, when yeah. they opened. So I okay. feel like maybe it's not that, but I don't know. <laughs> Whatever. I'm gonna have a couple of your neighbors. That's and that's, that's about almost life. black rod ancients. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So, Paul. Yeah. Ophef. Ophef. There's so much. There's so much, yeah. Yeah, we just incorporated a bunch yeah. of it into the news. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just have to be very creative with yeah. this. Mm-hmm. The Ophef of the week is about how uh, four 90-plus Market Garden veterans retreated in Arnhem during the 75 years commemoration service of the operation on uh, Saturday. In 1944, thousands of Allied troops were parachuted literally behind uh, enemy lines in the Netherlands in an effort to liberate the northern part of the country from the Nazis. Uh, And another aim was to secure eight bridges over the Rhine, which uh, would allow the Allied forces to push further to Nazi Germany. And despite initial uh, successes, the operation eventually failed with great losses. 
but Market Garden became a sort of symbol of the courageousness of Allied soldiers, and it was also famously immortalized by mm. the movie um, uh, A Bridge Too Far, yeah. Yeah. which I haven't seen. Me, um, me neither, no. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but everybody knows the movie. Everyone knows about it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> also, Bridge Over the River Kwai. I feel like that's a movie that everybody knows about, but nobody's actually seen. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah exactly. Lots of bridge movies that yeah. people aren't watching. Bridges, <laughs> bridges of Madison County. Yeah, I've not seen that one either. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Anything with Lloyd Bridges. Well. Yeah, yeah. You know. Well, the ceremony on Saturday was attended by thousands of well-wishers, ministers, uh, Princess Beatrix and Prince Charles were there as well, and also some uh, World War II veterans, the very few who were still uh, remaining. But mm -hmm. four of these veterans were denied access to the VIP enclosures of the event because, quote, they didn't have a ticket. Mm. Um, Nearly dying yeah. World War II was not enough to grant them yeah. access. Exactly. I don't they had tickets when they landed in 1944. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they were used and them yet, tickets. And, and yet, they got in then. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, the veterans uh, said they were very disappointed. Uh, and when they didn't let us in, uh, we turned around and went back to our hotels. Oh my god, that's uh, so sad. That's what the 96-year-old yeah. veterans uh, Simeon Mayu told Omroep Gelderland. And another 95-year-old veteran, Leslie Reeves, said... We thought our medals were our tickets. Yikes. Yeah. That's savage. Yeah, yeah. very savage. That is quite a burn. Exactly. Yeah. Um, Arnhem Mayor uh, Ahmed Marcouche uh, has apologized to four British veterans, uh, and he has also launched an investigation on how this uh, could have happened. This is, the, very... this, is the res this is what happens with Brexit. I mean, British people are just <laughs> denied entry yeah. to all sorts of places. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. No, it's very sad. And, uh, it is. Uh, yes, just it imagine is. being the guy who is standing in front of the VIP uh, uh, enclosure and yeah. just telling veterans, yeah. No, you're not allowed in. It is extremely awkward because there are, because apparently there are other very important persons here who oh, uh, yeah. need to be here. Yeah, yeah that, that was the initial excuse, wasn't it? It was too full. Yeah, so, so they yeah. couldn't find four seats for four for ninety-five-year-old men. men. Yeah. 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 yeah, come on. It's really weird. Yeah. So very embarrassing. I, I think yeah, it was pretty awkward. Is that that's just kind of jobsworth mentality, isn't it? You know, you're told, you're told only let people in with tickets. So, but you, you see a guy who's in well, the mid-90s. Well, it's probably like a seventeen-year-old exactly. kid who doesn't have any yeah. idea, right? Yeah. The problem really is, is that yeah, they didn't do better job organizing yeah. this and making sure that people who turned up were going to have access and this, yeah. this incident it really overshadows the whole um, a commemoration service yeah. because it was very nicely done and mm -hmm. they also uh, sort of uh, uh, put some sort of a military exercise in it as well they uh, uh, brought over all sorts of soldiers from all the countries who were participating in yeah. Market Garden and they also did some parachute yeah. parachuting exercises it was actually the largest parachuting uh, events since Market Garden, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then it got overshadowed by this yeah. very terrible. There's a awkward. really heart wrenching photo of a guy who was walking. They had like some a bit of like a parade kind of thing, and they were walking in like their battalions, like some sort of di military division. And he was the only one left, and he's just like walking down the street mm. all by mm. himself, like crying. It's really, really heart wrenching. Well, exactly. This week, there was what should be an illegal amount of news. In lieu of a discussion, we're just going to talk at you for, like, ever about 18 equally important things that happened this week, none of which are impeaching Trump or the Supreme Court decision equivalent of punching Boris Johnson in the face. No. <laughs> <laughs> it was all one sentence, and I did it in one sentences. breath. Thank yeah, you very exactly. much. No. Yeah. All three of these stories, well, maybe the Halsma thing, not so much, could have been the this week's all pef. First, the Dutch coalition government might fall over a missing building, Bonnicha. It was always going to happen. It was, yeah. It was, yeah. It was inevitable. 
Mark Ritz's right-leaning Veve Day party, who currently make up one of the four members of the one-seat majority coalition, and also who apparently cannot fill out a proper expense report to save their souls, booted out Vibren van Haga after it emerged his property firm had had carried out illegal renovations on a listed building in Harlem, and he had, quote, aggressively approached tenants to find out who complained. This isn't the first time he's gotten in trouble. Last year, it was discovered that his company, Schupper de Pop, had broken... <laughs> saying it again, guys. That's what we're going with. Had broken Amsterdam's tough rules on renting homes to more than two adults who are not related. Basically, Hacha is the Donald Trump of the Ronstadt real estate market. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good joke. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. I appreciate uh, that. Even to, even to the fact that he's trying to root out whistleblowers. Yes. Yeah. Also, I, somebody <laughs> told Hacha me... Hacha can shoot someone on the Herengracht and nobody, nobody would, would yeah. yeah. Um, as long as it wasn't with a replica gun. <laughs> <laughs> or someone from the Mokro Mafia. I heard also that he'd been arrested for drunk driving. But yes. I hadn't... Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. yeah I wasn't yeah. sure if that was just like something people were saying. That was, uh, was the, after, that was the most recent uh, yeah. thing he did. So maybe yeah. not the best guy. So he has form. Yeah. 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 He hasn't yet decided if he's going to stay on as an independent MP or if he's going to step down, in which case the baby day can replace him with something else. If he stays on, that's the end of the majority in the government. We will keep you updated mm-hmm. as to what's going on with yeah. that. That should have been the most viral Dutch political story this week, but on the same day the building Bonnetje news broke, an MP from the left-leaning Green Party, Groen Links, went public with a video in which a recruiter tried to win him over to become a lobbyist for the tobacco industry. Mm. Paul Smolders was approached by a recruitment consultant on behalf of Imperial Tobacco about taking a job as a public relations manager for the company in the Netherlands. He returned the call and had the conversation recorded. When Smolders told the recruiter that Hronlinks is strongly opposed to the tobacco industry, the recruiter replied saying, quote, that makes it more interesting. You could see it as a challenge to change your vision and the vision of the party. (laughs) The best part about this is the video is so great because Smolders has no poker face and he just, his experience expressions are really like excellent we'll, yeah we will link to he's kind of hamming it up for the camera it's really yeah, it's, good it's, 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 it's super it's entertaining yeah. and he's, he's very aware that there is a camera in yes there. Yeah. totally <laughs> set this up it's so awkward yeah. um and there's an update to house gate which is my favorite of all uh the political standards yeah. ending and ending in the word gate um, the son of the Amsterdam mayor, Femke Hausma, will not be prosecuted for the illegal possession of a weapon. That's according to his lawyer. Hausma's husband, however, still might. Mm. We talked about this last week, or maybe the week before, or maybe both. Who knows? The short version is the 15-year-old was picked up by police this summer after neighbors reported he and a friend were vandalizing an abandoned houseboat. He threw the gun, which later turned out to belong to his father, filmmaker Robert Oy, away when he ran off. The case blew up when the Telegraph newspaper reported on what it called an armed break-in and August, a month after the event took place, it took up uh, an unprecedented three pages mm. in the front of its newspaper to cover this nothing burger of a story. Hosma then wrote an open letter defending her son, but saying he had broken the law and had to face consequences. Oi later gave a ridiculous interview <laughs> to the NRSA in which he said, like, so many dumb things, we're not even going to get into yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> it it's, it's, it's just so much. Yes. Yeah, that's basically it. Yeah, including that uh, he might have a box of samurai swords up in the loft as well. I mean, who and, doesn't um, have a box of samurai swords exactly. in the basement, really? Yeah. And he yeah. basically but said, I hate being the, uh, the married to the mayor right. of Amsterdam because yeah. it's all bullshit. It's yeah. yeah. Amazing, amazing. She gets amazing. all the attention. Yeah. 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 Um, she, she's kind of appeared before the council on this now. There was a, a hearing about it yeah. um, on Thursday, but she says something 
That was quite startling because she, she said that, oh yeah, my, my son told me um, on his way back from the police station uh, where the gun came from. Yeah. Problem was, of course, when she gave her response to the Telegraph article, some weeks later, she said it was a fake gun. Yeah. So obviously knew that wasn't true. She yeah. knew it was. So I mean, I think she's now is... lied in a public statement. I... It is getting more awkward. Yeah, her, it is awkward. This... Although on the other hand, business. I'm not really sure how I feel about how much focus we are putting on like whether or not the gun was a replica or not because it was a prop gun that had been like decommissioned, yeah. right? And so like, I don't know, there's a little bit of a weird terminology between like real decommissioned gun and like fake gun. I don't know. I feel like uh, there's just like a lot of arguments about it's, semantics. D- I think the bottom line is that it wasn't a real gun. So, yeah. yeah. Well, the bottom line is also that, it, it, you know, it was an illegal weapon he should have had a license for and he didn't and he was keeping it in the mayor's house. Yeah, so but that's, that's what also problem. have been true if it yeah. was a replica, right? I mean, you're not yes, allowed to have those exactly. either. So no, true. It, it's, it, I mean, it's all bad. You, should, yeah. you shouldn't have had it in the house, clearly, but as we've established And the, the house is the, mayor's, is the mayor's official residence. Right. I, think that, 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 I think is why this is still getting a bit of yeah, I, I don't disagree and, with know, that. And, leaves Halsbar vulnerable. I don't think, you know, ultimately she's going to survive this, but it is a pretty... She's yeah, she's not a having a great couple position. of wigs. Yeah. But the teenager isn't just getting off, right? No, he will be probably referred to the HALT program, which is the police facilities for first offenders, and be sentenced to a period of community service. That's what his lawyer said on Thursday. This is, like, pretty much par for the course in these situations. So people who are getting all huffy about how, like, he got off easy because he's the son of the Amsterdam mayor. This isn't true. No. This is like basically what happens to first time 15 year olds. Well, it's especially for um, for minors, for under 18s. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's almost unheard of. Them yeah. to be, you have to do something, you've got to do something really serious yeah. to get prosecuted through the courts. And it turns out being an idiot yeah. and setting off a fire extinguisher no, is, in a house near is the nowhere standard. near the standard. So, yeah. Okay, that's but, the uh, quick, 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 quick <laughs> uh, political news wrap up. Yeah. But then we just keep having more news. We keep having more news, yeah. All of those could have been the biggest news stories of the week and any other week. Any normal week. Yeah. Any normal, normal week. week. It wasn't a normal week. No, it was not no, a normal week. It was an week. extraordinary week. Yeah. But at least we didn't lie to the Queen. That's true. We didn't yeah. lie to the Queen. Yes. And at least we didn't have to fly back from New York because we've been ordered by the court to reopen Parliament. Junior Justice Minister Anki Brookers-Knoll Anki Brookers-Knoll Anki Brookers-Knoll <laughs> has come under fire for reinstating the passports of five men who went to fight in the civil war in Syria. Brookers-Knoll said she was acting on a Council of State ruling that two men who were convicted of terrorism offences could not have their passports revoked because the organisation they belonged to, Jabhat al-Nusra, was not on the banned list when they joined. The administrative court said withdrawing Dutch nationality was a, quote, very severe measure which cannot be applied retrospectively. The Council of State stressed it was not challenging the general power of ministers to cancel the passports of jihadist fighters. However, some MPs in the CDR and Fefe Day coalition parties say the minister should not have acted on her own initiative, but waited until she was ordered by a court to hand back the men's passports. How I understood this story was that these five men, they were a member of this uh, group. Yes. uh, But it could not be proven that they were still a member when uh, this group was put on the terrorist organization list. So uh, retracting their Dutch nationality was unlawful. Yes, it was unlawful because they joined at the point before... It was um, deemed to be a terrorist organization. organization. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, I'm guessing it did cause some upheaval in political circus, though. Circles, though. Circles. Also in political circus. Yeah, in the political circus. Yes. Yeah. You guessed right. Uh, Thierry Baudet tweeted that the cabinet has lost the plot, ignoring the fact, or you might argue willfully ignoring the fact, that the judgment was made by the Council of State against the cabinet. Uh, Bukas Knoll decided in six other cases not to reinstate Jihadis Fajr's passports because there was enough evidence that they were members of proscribed organizations at the time. Taking away someone's passport is such a tremendous like punishment that 
you really have even to for fa- terrorists even for terrorists you really have to be i think very careful as to you like, need to have very clear rules very clear rules. and, yeah, exactly. and yeah. you know th- i think they make a good point you but you know you could imagine these situations where yeah. you start some sort of activist thing and then at some point later it's it goes t- off the rails yeah. and like oh, it's taken over it's taken by, over yeah, or something people. and so like yeah. could you then be prosecuted for throwing rocks at the police and have your passport taken away because later on this group goes on to bomb a i don't know hunting lodge somewhere yeah, and it's isn't it just the rule of law that there are a, a clear set of rules yeah. and laws, yeah. and if 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 something cannot be proven, then you cannot do anything, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. I think it it makes perfectly sense, and I I think uh, uh, the council of state did, did a very good job yeah. in in just uh, ruling that uh, these men should be given back there or should not have been taken uh, their passports away. Yeah. yeah, and the state has obligations to, towards its citizens, and therefore withdrawing your passport is to, is basically. Um, means that you're no longer you no longer have those protections which is an enormous step yeah. Yeah. so it's uh, yeah it's a really big deal now otherwise you get a situation like you have in britain where the woman who went to fight in yeah. syria had her passport taken away and is now stateless yeah which is an abominable situation to be right. in i'm very glad the dutch courts have made sure that that kind of situation can't arise you really have to think carefully before you're going to start doing that to people nitrogen nitrogen stick stop stick stop do you like the word stickstoff? I like, I like stickstoff the stickstoff better. better stickstoff is nitrogen. a good word. Stickstoff yeah. is a good word. Do you know where it comes from? No. When there is too little oxygen, mm-hmm. there is too much stickstoff and you stick. You suffocate. You suffocate. Mm. That's where it comes from. The Netherlands needs to take drastic measures by reducing speed limits and livestock farming to cut nitrogen emissions and protect vulnerable parts of the countryside, according to a government commission set up to look at the crisis. Which crisis, do you ask? Well, mm. a council I didn't, of state but ruling. You're tell us <laughs> a council of state ruling. There is a lot of co- council of state rulings. There uh, are. Both, they've uh, they've both, been busy, haven't they? Been busy both domestic the and abroad yeah. uh, that uh, uh, define the news uh, this week. Mm-hmm. Um, well, they ruled earlier this year that. Um, Oh no, their ruling earlier this year has led to an estimated 18,000 infrastructure and other projects being stalled because they would increase the volume of damaging nitrogen emissions, mainly in the form of nitrous oxide or ammonia. The current way of calculating emissions does conflict with the law, committee chairman Johan Remke said at the presentation on Wednesday. He suggested that the speed limit on many motorways and provincial roads be reduced immediately to cut traffic pollution, and that officials do more to tackle congestion. But the primary target, he said, is livestock farming, because pig and poultry farms account for 46% of the nitrogen in rural areas. Provincial governments, he said, should look at, uh, should look at which farms could be eligible to be bought out and closed, and in addition, farms uh, should be quicker to introduce technological innovations to reduce um, manure emissions, he said. So I understand that this, this law we're talking about here is a European law that protects, um, it has set up a number of uh, environmental or areas, that, uh, or environment, environmental protection areas. Exactly. And in those areas, you cannot emit more than a very limited amount of nitrogen. Yeah. The and, they try, and, right. and the Dutch government tried to bring in a permit system to sort of get around this, and the council state has said that's mm-hmm. legal. That no, conflicts with the European exactly. law. Yeah. Can't the do e- it. the yeah. EU designated some sort of areas where, as you yeah. said, the nitrogen emissions. 
population should be very limited. Uh, and the Dutch um, government, they, they basically set up a permit system which said that uh, you have to compensate for the nitrogen mm. emissions, but you can do it later. You yeah. can delay and it. And you don't need to specify how or when you do it, right? Exactly. Yeah. You just have to put in a promise that you will at some point get around to That's reducing the nitrogen emissions. Exactly. <laughs> but this delay, basically, as the Council of State ruled, uh, uh, this built-in delay system, uh, it, 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 it results in an uncertainty uh, that... Uh, it might be very possible that someone says, well, I'm going to compensate for this emission, but we'll never do it in the end. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this is unlawful and void, mm-hmm. this uh, p- p- permit system. Yes. And that's why it needs to be scrapped. But it basically means that there is no f- legal framework yeah. anymore. So basically every building every building project which has this permit now is no longer able to go ahead because they've got to get either the, a new permit in. If they already got the, the permit, then, yeah. then the project can still go ahead. Right, but there okay. are a lot of projects yeah. which are in the running and did yeah. not apply for the permits yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, they need to be stalled and halted. Yeah. Uh, hold. Uh, uh, they have to be put on hold. Um, and the ironic thing is that um, if you are bu- if you are either a left wing person or a right wing person, everybody will be hurt by this. Because if you uh, are a right wing person and you like to drive very uh, very fast on the motorways, mm-hmm. no more. If you are a left wing person and you think, oh, we need to build more wind farms, no more. Because mm-hmm. uh, either producing and transporting and constructing these wind farms. Uh, generate this nitrogen pollution. So, yeah. and if you are a normal person who needs a house, then yeah, you're fucked because <laughs> well, we cannot build any more houses anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so, what have the reactions been, Paul? <laughs> uh, yeah, basically what I said, what yeah. I just said. <laughs> but uh, environmental groups uh, described the uh, former minister's plan as uh, unambitious, but most political parties accepted the recommendations with praise. Um, Green campaigner Johan Vollenbroek, he's the guy who brought this case to the uh, Council of State. State. He told uh, the NOS uh, that much more could be done, um, reducing air traffic, banning mega pig farms, uh, closing coal-fired power station, and stopping using biomass to produce electricity uh, would all contribute to cutting uh, back emissions, he said. Uh, A clear majority of Dutch farmers are doubtful whether uh, they will be able to continue with their businesses, but four in ten say they are prepared to talk about closing down. Um, Gonna have to eat less Meat people. There's just less bacon. Yeah, and less chicken. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. But the other thing I've, I've always find is curious how much resistance there is whenever people talk about reducing speed limits. Yeah, that's also. It's really it. weird. It's, it's, I mean, it's with the Fafe Day, especially very hardwired as being like the party of the motorists. But you think in a country this size, you know, reducing the speed limit by ten kilometers is almost no journey in. Anyway, you can't drive really for more than three hours without hitting a border or the coastline. Yeah. So you, 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 at, at the most, you're gonna it's gonna take you ten minutes longer yeah. to get somewhere. And given that, I mean, that has such an enormous impact, you know, if you cut the speed limits, there's an almost an enormous amount of stuff then that you don't have to do is much more intrusive. Yeah. And yet people are incredibly resistant to it. It's, yeah, uh, it's really I, I strange. also don't understand that either. Yeah. I, 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 I follow your uh, reasoning. <laughs> But, but as a taxi chauffeur, how do you feel about this? <laughs> I just like to drive very fast. fast. Yeah. That's the thing people yeah, do. I just like it. Just drive fast. That's fine. <laughs> not, I'm not going to Germany every time I want to go. I want to drive fast. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think that your desire to drive fast is worth my desire to not die of nitrogen poisoning. I enjoy driving fast on motorway, but if somebody says to me, look, if you just accept driving 10 kilometers slower and that means that, you know, you can carry on eating meat and doing all this other stuff you like, oh, I, oh. I, I can pay that. I can, I can, oh, I can yeah, what's that. better, eating yeah. meat or driving fast? Yeah. 
Actually, what they should they could do is just introduce like some kind of permit system where it, by you could drive faster, but you just have to pay like a garbage amount of money. Oh, well, they've been yeah. trying to do, to do that it. as well, haven't they, for years and years? Yeah. Trying to well, no, not 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 charging by speed, no, but charging by distance. And drive. actually, oh, the other yeah, thing but, you but, could but, do but you're have... you're 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 a sort of balance system. Yeah. So either you you pay a lot of uh, speed taxes yeah. and then you can eat meat, or you don't eat meat and then you you can yeah yeah yeah. That's uh, what would you give up? Uh, I would sort of search for a balance yeah, where I can still keep uh, eating meat, but a little bit of both. Only yeah. speed like once a year, but be able to yeah. have a hamburger more often. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Maybe this should be an offsetting thing. You have to cut out hamburgers for a week uh, in, in exchange for uh, yeah. drive, <laughs> driving on 130 yeah, for, exactly. for a day. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah, we need to come up with a system. We need to talk to Rutte. I yeah, agree. Maybe we need Steph Blot to sort this out. He could do it. <laughs> no, I'm bored, I'm bored already <laughs> thinking about that conversation. <laughs> If you enjoy or appreciate our efforts to bring you the latest news and political developments in the Netherlands, why not become a patron of the Dutch News Podcast? Your contribution will help us to keep helping you stay up to date with what's going on, as well as make sure we don't run out of coffee and stropwafels, and we'll give you a free shout-out on the next show. You can also ask us a question that we'll do our best to answer on air. Do we really do our best, though? No. No. But <laughs> <laughs> we will just pretend that we will do we, our we, best. Yeah. Okay. This week we say a big thanks to two new patrons, Stephen Feynman and Alvaro Marin. Alvaro is from the sunny south of Spain and works as a physicist at the University of Twente in Enschede, and he adds, quote, yep, there's even internet on that side of the country now. <laughs> I was not aware of that. <laughs> well, it's not Twente, so yeah, yeah there was exactly. a big chance that yeah. there was actually yeah. internet. It's not Achterhoek, I mean, yeah. come on. No, he's, no, no, sorry, it's not Achterhoek, no. Yeah. It's uh, Twente. Uh, he says, quote, I've been following you quietly for a while now, but it's now it's time to pay you back. So thank you very much to Alvaro. That sounds like a threat. Yeah. <laughs> 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 and I'm sure, sure he didn't mean it that way. He seems like a very nice chap, and he's sponsoring us, so he definitely didn't threaten us. Uh, <laughs> if you'd like to join, it's almost Alvaro, as if we're just calling the Ukrainian president. Yeah, exactly. If you'd like to be, if you'd like to join Alvaro in paying us back, log on to Patreon.com/DutchNewsNL, and you will earn our eternal gratitude. Did they didn't. Neither of them had questions for us, though. No, they didn't. Oh, okay. No. Yeah. No. So, Please ask us some questions. Yeah, please ask us some questions. Just like really random stuff. Yeah, just so we can pad out this section. It makes it's very entertaining. It gives us something to talk about. It does. It gives us something to look up on Wikipedia. British citizens in the Netherlands will not be allowed to take dual nationality after Brexit. That's the result of a compromise by the D66 party to get a bill through Parliament that will allow Dutch citizens in the UK to keep their passports if they become British. This is some. I have not been so mad. It's ragingly mad at something in a long time, and really? I'm not a British person. This, this is, is just so stupid. Like it is. It's, it's weird and irrational. But anyway, usually Dutch citizens have to forfeit their passport when they take up another nationality. But D66 and other parties said they needed to protect their citizens in the UK once it leaves the EU. D66 MP Short Short Smart told Dutch News he'd wanted to include British nationals in the plan, but other parties, I wonder who, were opposed <laughs> to the idea and dropping them was the only way to get a majority. And it was the Partij van de Dira, right? Yeah, obviously. Yeah. yeah. Or maybe, maybe GroenLinks. Or possibly the Fefe Day, but you know, surely not them. Surely no. not. No, 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 no. But they would never dog whistle to the alt-right. No. Um, but, um, but other parties were opposed to the idea and dropping them was the only way to get a majority. They also said there was more clarity about the status of UK nationals in the Netherlands now. So this is a uh, it's a big blow for the Brits. What mm. are they? Uh, how do the Brits feel? How do, uh, how do British people feel personally? How do British people feel personally? Well, Trish Tarrant of the British in the Netherlands lobby group said, uh, "quote Very disappointed is an understatement." It's, very <laughs> it's a very British response. Yes, yeah, so understatement is, is is our standard response. 
to, to disappointing things. The group said that while the Dutch government has been generous towards UK nationals living here, it will continue to campaign for the dual nationality law to be changed, and it believes that the move strengthens its case for full dual nationality rights. The 3 million group, which represents European citizens affected by Brexit, said it welcomed the plan, but pointed out that British nationals in the Netherlands still face the catastrophic loss of their EU freedom of movement. Yeah, that's true. Which is basically true. Yeah, there is more clarity because the Dutch government have been organised and grown up uh, about uh, about residency rights for UK nationals. Nevertheless, you can't go anywhere else. You can't go anywhere. Yeah, exactly. You can't move to another European country. You lose your your EU citizenship, fundamentally. And the Dutch government, it's not in the gift of the Dutch government. The only way that they can allow you to retain your EU citizenship is if you become Dutch. a Dutch national, but then you have to give up your British nationality, which could be all kinds of problems. If you know, for example, my parents live in uh, the UK, and if I wanted to move back temporarily because they need to be looked after, um, that could be complicated. If I don't know, you know, would I be allowed back into the country on my yeah. British passport? So there's all kinds of things like that. You it know, also would have much... been our biggest news story of the week yeah. had everything else not fallen. Apart. I had three <laughs> other great things not happen in the yeah. meantime. Yeah. Uh, speaking of someone else who lost his freedom of movement, yes. uh, what about Thomas Cook? Yeah, poor old Thomas Cook expired after 178 years. Uh, this I week. never realized that it was such a big company. Did you know that it got started because he was trying to do tours that were like not involving alcohol? That they were yes, it was a temperance movement. He, he took a he thing. took a group of temperance campaigners from Leicester to Loughborough, which is eleven miles up the railway, it was a big and he deal. charged them one shilling each, yes. and that was his first organized yeah. tour. And, yes. and what was the aim? He 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 wanted. Well, the, no, they I, they wanted to go from on the railways, which had only just opened. It was a brand new thing. Uh, they wanted to go to Loughborough, so he said, "I'll take you by train," and he charged them a shilling for organising the trip. But what but, was the was, what was the alcohol thing? But he didn't, they were he temperance w- campaigners. The, they were going they were, to a meeting of anti-alcohol. Yeah, yeah. they were anti-alcohol people, and then yeah. it, it stayed like this for a long time. That they only did trips that didn't involve you know like alcohol or drinking. Yeah. And it's kind tra- of ironic given the kind of packages that they now organise, <laughs> which is tourists. Right. Um, but what happened was is I'm not sure if it was the it must be the grandson then if it's that old I think the father and the son sort of kept this on and then when the grandson sort of took over the company he was like yeah we're not making any money on these like teetotalers like we gotta do the booze thing (laughs) and apparently the father who I guess was like you know in the process of retiring like retired and then like refused to reset foot in the office Mm -hmm. after this out of like a protest against Mm -hmm. the yeah yeah. Just like uh, Kellogg started as an anti-masturbation company. It did. That's Indeed. so yes. crazy. Yes. That story is so weird. That's yeah, amazing. It yeah. is. But we don't have time for it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. crazy story. No. Let's, uh, let's go on. We'll move what, swiftly on. Yeah. What's with Thomas Cook? So with Thomas Cook, uh, yes, uh, the travel agent abruptly ceased trading at the weekend, uh, leaving thousands of British holidaymakers stranded all around the world and probably in no great hurry to get home, given what was going on. Did, did they fly to New York as well? Uh, no, they didn't fly to New York. Oh, so, so, they, so Boris Johnson wasn't affected by he, this. He, he was still able to get back from New York uh, when the court had ordered hey, him to reopen Parliament. we don't want to keep him. He definitely <laughs> needed to go back. Uh, the Dutch branch filed for court protection from its creditors this week, but that won't affect the 10,000 customers currently on holiday or the 50,000 people who've booked winter holidays because they're covered by the Dutch Travel Sector's Guarantee Fund. It will make a difference to the 200 staff working for Thomas Cook and Neckermann Reisen, uh, which is their kind of subsidiary in the Netherlands. Oh, Neckermann, I know. Yes. Ah, yeah. oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's been, probably Neckerman's probably better known than Thomas Cook. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, customers. Yeah, it's been a, there's been a lot of chaos, chaotic things going on on Twitter, like places where 
they, people who were told that they had to pay 10,000 euros for plane yeah. tickets to be able to come home because it wasn't covered anymore. Yeah, and people nice. who were in hotels and the hotel said to them they had to pay like an extra bill. They had to pay, pay twice their holiday because yeah. Thomas Cook had you know, not paid the bills. Right. All mm. kinds of stuff like that. And, yeah, and the British government had to organise this great uh, mass operation. They inevitably, of course, managed to bring the war into it. Of course. So yeah, <laughs> Donald McRab uh, said that they were organising the biggest peacetime evacuation yeah. since the war. Which is all, but, but Because the British government, unlike the Dutch government, doesn't have this very sensible compensation system yeah. when companies go bust so they just have to make it up the on the Dutch fly. The Dutch thing is so it's, it's just like the Dutch just want to be so well organised. Yeah. It's crazy because yeah I was reading about this like there's basically just like a shtickting that does like well if your travel company goes bunk then yeah. like we will uh, they will cover your costs. They'll cover our yeah. costs. Yeah, all, the, all the yeah basically the um, uh, travel companies they have insurance in this yeah. way yeah. Uh, to yeah, ensure that the that the people who they are sending abroad will be able to come back home. Yeah, which yeah. makes total sense. But it's also just one of those things where like, how have the Dutch figured things out so well? Or, or how have the British not? You know, yeah. not, not, <laughs> well, to, to think we can. That's not a surprise anymore. <laughs> it's not a surprise anymore. <laughs> Let's no. be honest. We're, 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 we're learning why and uh, what the consequences are all the time. In business news. Actually, I want to point out that I could not be a business reporter because they always wear suits to stuff. And mm. it's totally crazy. And if I was going to wear a suit every day, I was going to need to get paid, like, tremendously more money. Lots of journalists wear suits. You, you need to be because yeah. otherwise you won't be able to, to buy the suits. Yeah, exactly. Like, I just... Yeah, but if you go to a newsroom, right, and or if you go to a press room at any kind of case, mm. there's, like, the only time that you ever see people in suits is when there's, like, business reporters there. Like, everybody else is, like, mm. in, like, professional clothes, but not, like... A full-on suit. It's always the business people who are like the business reporters. A Brexit Muppet suit? A a girl can only dream. Anyway, health insurance company DSW said this week that it will put up premiums by six euros a month next year. DSW is traditionally the first to announce its fees of the new round of price hikes ahead of the two-month window at the end of the year during which policyholders can switch health insurance companies. Whoa, crikey O'Reilly. So all policies will like, will probably go up in price, right? Yeah, the yeah. health ministry said earlier this month that it expected premiums would rise by an average of three euros. And the main reason for higher premiums is increasing costs, including salary costs. Apparently, it turns out people in the healthcare sector would like to get paid a reasonable wage. Mm. Also this week, a tax break given to the roasting arm of coffee giant Starbucks by the Dutch government did not was declared to not amount to illegal aid, the general court, the EU's second highest court, said in a ruling. The Dutch government was appealing against a 2015 decision by the European Commission, which said the government should reclaim over 25 million euros in back taxes from Starbucks because the tax deal conflicted with EU competition rules. The ruling means that the tax office has not treated Starbucks in a different way to any other country, Tax Minister Minnow Snell said in an initial reaction. So the Dutch government will not be getting 25 million euros in no, taxes. No, and they don't Starbucks. want it. And they're happy about that. And they're happy about that yeah. for the same reason that Ireland is happy to not get three, yes. 13 billion euros from uh, Apple. Yeah. I want it. No, you can't have it. It's Actually, strange. this is going to be a real unpopular opinion, but I don't disagree with their assessment on this. Okay. But Starbucks should still pay tax. The Dutch national, wanted in Romania for the murder of an 11-year-old girl, has committed suicide by driving his car into a truck, the Dutch Public Prosecution Department said on Monday afternoon. The man, named by Romanian media as Joop Visser, left Romania on Saturday, the day after the girl disappeared on her way home from school. The girl's body was found on the edge of a cornfield on Sunday. She had been strangled with her own clothing. Romanian police requested a European arrest warrant be issued for Visser because the girl was spotted in a car he was driving on the day she was killed. Romanian media said Visser, aged 47, was a convicted pedophile. He is believed to have visited Romania a total of four times and his whereabouts while on other visits are now being investigated, DutchNews.nl has been told. 
There are suspicions that he may have left more victims, given his record and his frequent visits, officials said. The public prosecution department confirmed that Fischer was being monitored by police when he drove his car into a lorry and died. The department denied, however, that he was being chased and said his movements were being observed from a distance. Nothing would indicate he was aware of being followed, the department said. Yeah, yeah. very, very this sad. This is a really sad story. and messed yeah. up story. Yeah. I feel, I mean, obviously the people in this story that I feel the worst for are the this girl and her obviously. family and friends, yeah. which is mm-hmm. terrible. I also feel really bad for the guy that was driving this truck because mm-hmm. like, that is also a thing that I think is probably very hard to process. I mean, he slammed into the side of the truck, isn't it? The, tr- the truck driver wasn't physically oh, hurt badly, oh, I don't okay. think. Yeah, well, no. that's, I mean, but, but it's still no, a pretty, no, no. it's an awful thing to uh, yeah, happen. No, I knew that they weren't, yeah, I knew that the guy wasn't like sort of physically hurt too badly, but still, I mean, I think it's much in the same way that I think it's really devastating for train conductors who are driving a train and someone is on the tracks and like of course there's nothing they can do this isn't their fault but like it must be a devastating thing to experience absolutely According to RTL News, Transport Minister Koravan Neuhause failed to tell Parliament in 2011 that motorized wagons, known as stints, had not undergone proper safety test. We have here an interesting thing, because in 2011, she was not minister yet. Yeah. But according to Dutch constitution, ministers mm. who are now minister are still responsible for the actions of previous, previous ministers. ministers. Previous yeah. ministers. Uh, stints had been banned from Dutch roads since last year following a fatal accident in which a train plowed into a wagon used by a school in Os, killing four children. Uh, it also seriously injured one more and the person who was the, driving. Yes. The cause of the crash has never been established, but stints have been banned from the road since then, although now moves are underway to reinstate them. According to RTL, transport ministry officials who carry out tests on the vehicle in 2011 cleared it for use on the roads, even though it did not meet all the criteria to be classified as a, quote, specialized moped. In particular, the stint took so long to break and that should have been enough to refuse it a license. So uh, what did Cora uh, van Nieuwhuis have to say? In a letter to Parliament, she wrote, documents were overlooked at the time in a multitude of documents. Um, now we are waiting for an investigation into the crash from the Dutch Safety Board, which is due out this year. Right. So not a very satisfactory answer. No. Really. Yeah, and you, uh, you said earlier that uh, she's lucky that this news came out in a week where so much other news uh, has been going on. But still, there are a lot of calls for her to resign mm. from Parliament as well, as well as in the media. So I suspect that there will be a debate somewhere in the near there's future some, there's this. an MP from the PVV I think who's already put it on the agenda yeah. the um, okay, so it wasn't Vilders it was somebody else I kind of hope that uh, if she does resign that she first gets to answer these questions before, yeah. beforehand because yeah, it, yeah, it seems to be the trend uh, um, more often uh, the thing yeah. that yeah. I find sort of the most interesting about this is it doesn't seem to me that like the stint lobby is like a hugely powerful lobby so I just have questions as to how something like this like got shoved through without the proper um, like investigation it, into it th- this was a time where these uh, specialized mopeds were becoming increasingly more popular mm. we've seen it with the segway for example yeah. all these things that emerged in around that time so there was a lot of pressure i think on the agency who, yeah. who, who were licensing these things yeah and they basically rushed it because they had so much other work yeah. to do and there was a also from politicians there was a wish to allow these sort of new modes of transportation yeah. on the road so it's just interesting because it just doesn't seem like a thing that would like have a big lobby or like big force behind it to yeah. like try to push things through right usually when you hear about this kinds of stuff it's because yeah. oh well like the pharmaceutical giants who yeah. have really expensive lobbyists and put a lot of pressure on politicians like force through something that turns out to be like not great but this yeah I, I think yeah. it was just there was a hype and yeah. uh, there was a lot of work to do and it, it, it's basically the same with for example the um, e-cigarettes yeah. right yeah. It, it, they became 
increasingly more popular and it was a, a really a push from the public basically yeah. to mm. allow these uh, sort of uh, alternatives to smoking and now we see that uh, they, there kill, are, people. they kill yeah. people a lot of more problems than than we than initially expected yeah, yeah but the, but the stents was kind of it was a new technology wasn't it and maybe the rules were a bit rudimentary at that time oh yeah and, that's uh, also you know, might also be possible yeah, yeah so yeah. it seemed like a very positive thing you have these big buckets that you transport kids around it so yeah. it's very convenient uh, only later on do you realize that actually you need although to... i had read something that actually the way that they were presented when they were originally licensed was not that they were going to be transporting kids that it was going to be used for like city delivery services right. and stuff and uh, so like that was part of the reason i think that they were a little more willing to overlook like yeah. the safety ramifications of it Sports news, it's business as usual at the top of the Eredivisie after Ajax and PSV both handsomely won their catch-up games in midweek. PSV beat Groningen 3-1 while Ajax were held for 45 minutes at home by Fortuna Sittard but then scored five times in the second half, including a hat-trick by Quincy Promes. All that means that Ajax sit top on goal difference with both teams on 17 points. Despite having no stadium, AZ Alkmaar are just a point behind them after they inflicted Feyenoord's first defeat of the league season on Thursday, winning 3-0 in De Kaup. In other football news, Sarri van Veenendaal, who started the World Cup without a club, was named the best goalkeeper in the women's game, mainly because of her heroics during the Leo Vinland's run to the final in the summer, and she's since been signed by Atletico Madrid. Liverpool's Dutch defender, Virgil van Dijk, was among the nominees for the best male player, but the award went to Lionel Messi. The World Athletic Championships are starting this weekend. Any Dutch contenders to look out for? Can we tell that I have no idea what these things are and I'm merely reading the script? <laughs> just reading your lines in the yeah. yeah, this athletic is, you know, running around tracks is so uh, good. Oh, is that what that is? Yeah, that's, yeah, not, Did anybody no balls see involved. these photos of yeah. the, um, some sort of indigenous people's games where there's this picture of this girl standing on her hands shooting a bow and arrow with her feet? That is one of the, like... No. Th- if, if that's what sports were like, I would watch more sports. <laughs> that's all I'm saying. So you sort of throw big sharp spears in athletics, yeah. Yeah, come on, like, I can also throw a big sharp spear. I can't stand on my head and yeah, shoot Yeah, but you're not doing that again. I no, <laughs> not after what happened the last time. <laughs> Sifan Hassan was named the world's best female athlete a few weeks ago. She's running in the 10,000 metres in Doha. She still hasn't decided whether to enter either the 1,500 or the 5,000 metres because she can't do both on the timetable. Daphne Schippers, as well as the sprinter, she's defending her 200-metre title that she won the last two times, and she's also running the 100 metres again, but she's been struggling with a back injury this season. Those are the two kind of main Dutch contenders. There's also Anouk Fetter, who won bronze in the heptathlon two years ago in London and will be among the contenders again. And the men's and women's sprint relay teams are both in with a shout of a medal. The championships get underway on Friday, which is today, the day we're recording, and the main event on day one is the women's marathon. Cool. Exciting. Yeah. Good luck so, to the women. Running all that way in Doha in the heat. That sounds terrible. It's not going to be fun. <laughs> They're setting off very late at night, because otherwise it would just be... Um, um, everyone would die. Well, they die, yeah. basically. Basically what's going to happen to us in a few years because of climate change. So. Yes. I can't believe we're ending on sports, guys. We can't end on sports. Doesn't anyone have like a fun anecdote from the week that we can end on? Like a good story? I, uh, I have one, I for think. Fun. Go for it. There was a guy in Utrecht and he was uh, arrested for shoplifting. Mm-hmm. And as he was brought over to the police uh, office there, it turned out he was carrying with him a little bird. And that little bird... This is my favorite story this is the, the This is also my favorite story. But the police office did not have a birdcage <laughs> in their building. <laughs> so what they did is they put the bird in its own cell. <laughs> and the police in Utrecht, they Instagrammed a photo of the little bird in his police cell with next to him uh, one piece of bread and a glass of water next to it. But on the photo, if you zoom in, you see that they put a little 
black box over the ears of the bird. Mm. Yes, <laughs> the eyes of the bird. Yeah. Oh my god, that's so great. <laughs> to, to sort of um, uh, to protect its identity yeah, as uh, it. the bird, that's as, as uh, they always do with uh, with suspects. Yes, so, yeah, that was uh, that yeah. was very. Do they identify the bird only by its initial as well? <laughs> oh. Yeah, yeah. M bird. <laughs> no, they did not do that, but they uh, definitely should have. They definitely yeah. should yeah. have. Yeah. We'll link the story. That's a much better thing to end on. That's all that we have for you this week. This podcast is a production of Dutch News, which can be found online at dutchnews.nl. We will include links to everything we've talked about today in the liner notes. You can get in touch with us by email to podcast at dutchnews.nl. If you want to help us out, please subscribe to the podcast and leave us a rating. You can also now back us on Patreon at patreon.com slash dutchnewsnl, and you'll earn yourself a free shout-out on the podcast. You can also ask us a ridiculous question. My thanks to Gordon Derrick and Paul Paters. I'm Molly Quell, and we'll be back next week. Music